0: Chippy the parakeet never saw it coming. How many of you have ever owned a parakeet? <laughs> a few of us, less than intelligent people have owned one one time or another. <laughs> well, the, the problem began when Chippy's owner decided that she wanted to clean the cage using a vacuum. So she removed the little skinny nozzle from the end of the hose and turned on the, the, the vacuum and stuck it in the cage and doing a fine job until the phone rang and she reached to get her phone and <laughs> up goes Chippy into the vacuum. Throwing down the phone, realizing what she had done, she turned off the vacuum, opened up the vacuum and removed Chippy, alive but stunned, covered with dust and hair and lint and everything else that was inside the vacuum. So she rushed and took him to the bathroom, turned on the faucet, stuck the bird underneath the faucet. Rinse that poor little sucker off, and he was, just, he was shivering and shaking like crazy. And then she goes, oh, what am I doing to him? So like any considerate, self-respecting bird owner was due, she took a hairdryer. <laughs> Never knew. Never knew what hit him. Now, a few days after this trauma occurred, a reporter came who who wrote the story in the first place. Why there was anybody reporting this in the first place, I have no idea. But nonetheless, the one who came, who had written this original story about Chippy and, and his problems came and interviewed the owner and asked her how the bird was recovering. And she said, well, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits and stares. If you've been in church long enough, you realize that there are Christians that we are not perfect. We have rough edges and sometimes we do things well-meaning or otherwise. And sometimes Christians do things and it's not good and we we get sucked up into their mess in their life. They may offend you, they may hurt you, they may do it innocently, they may kind of do it sometimes on purpose. Are we responsible for other Christians' behavior? We're not. Are we responsible for our behavior? We most assuredly are. Sometimes when I'm at odds with another Christian brother or sister and I realize it's really my fault that I did it, then I will want to go and talk to them, uh, apologize, make restitution if necessary, ask for their forgiveness and do what it is that God's Spirit is prompting me to do to make the situation right. If it's my fault, I want to do that. But sometimes what if it's not our fault? And we got sucked into some kind of deal and it's somebody else's fault and they, they engaged us in this, so what do we do? So do we want to go ahead and sometimes we think that we're justified in making them feel bad or we're justified in declaring that it's their fault or that we're justified in wanting to set the record straight. And we may think that something needs to be done about the wrong done to me. Something needs to be done about the wrong done to me. Or does it? Does something really need to be done about the wrong done to me? What does the Bible say about this kind of thinking? How should you and I behave when we are at odds with a Christian brother or sister? Where does God's great grace play into this relationship? This morning, I don't want us to focus on somebody else's behavior, and I want us to be honest and focus on our own behavior. And so I have a prayer suggestion for you. And if you would go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes, I'll make the suggestion. And if you're inclined, then you can pray this prayer. The suggested prayer is this, God, show me what you want me to see about my behavior with my Christian brothers and sisters. God, show me what you want me to see about my behavior with my Christian brothers and sisters. Father, I thank you for your grace and for teaching me, for teaching us. May we be willing to extend your great grace through ourselves to our Christian brothers and sisters. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Some of you enjoy handouts. Some of you do not. In the bulletin, there is a green handout. So if you like to fill in blanks, then this is for you. Uh, What I have found for myself is that if I take this and fill in the blanks, if I look at it never again, I will remember more than had I not used the handout. That's just me. Okay. How can I show God's great grace to Christian brothers and sisters? Number one, admit that I am not Perfect. Perfect is the blank. Admit that I am not perfect. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 and 23. There was no one righteous, not even one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and that includes me. Ecclesiastes seven, verses 21 and 22. Do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. Surely you jest. Surely you've never said anything bad about somebody else, have you? I never have, ever. Do you ever say something derogatory about someone and you told someone else, and of course they're not gonna tell because you've sworn them to secrecy, but then the person you talked about comes up and said, you know, I heard you say this about me. Or you're emailing friend at church A, about friend at church B, about how they were a jerk and misbehaved toward you. And you get this all typed out and you click and you send it and you realize as soon as you said it, what you intended to send to friend A, you sent to church friend B, who was the person you were talking about. Ever do that? <laughs> or have you ever said something bad about someone and then they come up behind you, oops, oh my, hmm. How does it get out? How does it get out that people know when we say something bad about them? Ecclesiastes 10 verse 20. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 20. And this, what I've recorded here is from the message translation. You'll, it'll read a little differently, but essentially the same in yours. Don't badmouth your leaders, not even under your breath. And don't abuse your betters, even in the privacy of your home. Loose talk has a way of getting picked up and spread around. Little birds drop the crumbs of your gossip far and wide. And I'm wondering if that's where the phrase, a little bird told me, originated. Truth be told, I am not perfect i have bad days sometimes i just kind of mm. sometimes i mess up sometimes i'm ticked off at somebody or sometimes there's a situation that is bothering me and so when i'm ticked off at somebody or a situation is bothering me and then i encounter someone else sometimes i bring what is this garbage over here into this conversation with this innocent person, I agree with point number one, I I am not perfect. How can I show God's great grace to Christian brothers and sisters? Number two, realize that I actually can show God's great grace to fellow travelers I actually can do that. There is one person uh, that has violated my sense of right and wrong for years. Uh, they have done silly things, they've done stupid things, they've misbehaved, they've, done, uh, they've exhibited bad behavior, they've, they've been thoughtless. And yet I find every time, every single time, every single stinking time, I'm willing to forgive that person for the wrong they've done. Who is that person? Me. Every time I have done something wrong. Now I may kick myself for a while. Every time I extend God's great grace to myself and I extend His forgiveness to myself. If I can extend God's great grace and forgiveness to myself, why could I not extend that same grace and forgiveness to others? How can I show God's great grace to Christian brothers and sisters? Number three, restoring the relationship is always the goal. Restoring the relationship is always the goal. Matthew 18 verse 15, this is from the NIV. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Galatians 6, 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Let me share with you three tips for restoring the relationship is always the goal. In restoring the relationship, tip A is this, be private. If someone else is not part of the problem, if someone else is not part of the solution, It ain't their business. And you and I don't need to be gossiping to somebody else who's not part of the problem or the solution about whatever is going on. We don't need to be doing that. It's clear in God's word that we don't do that. Keep your mouth closed and don't gossip. Remember, restoring the relationship is always the goal. So be private. In restoring a relationship, tip number B is be gentle. Be gentle. Proverbs 15:1 says this, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So since restoration is my goal between myself and a Christian brother or sister, if my goal is restoration, then I'm not looking for punishment. I'm not looking for revenge. I'm not looking to get even. I'm not looking to make the other person feel as bad as they made me feel as much as I may want to do those things. Is this type of godly behavior easy? It is not. Is this godly behavior what our Father expects from us? It assuredly is. Romans twelve nineteen, the apostle Paul says this, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, his anger. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. It's just, just flat out God's job, not mine, it's his job. You and I, our job, is to be gentle, not wishy-washy, not a pushover, not saying that at all, but our job clearly from God's Word is to be gentle. In restoring a relationship, letter C, seek more to understand than to be understood. Seek more to understand than to be understood. Proverbs 18, verse 17 says this, the person who tells one side of a story seems right until someone else comes and asks questions. Through the years I have talked with various couples in my office and the first person says something and they tell their side of the story. And so in my mind, I'm processing this and coming up with thoughts about, well, what's going on and who did this and who did that and who's right and who's wrong. And so then the other person, then they tell their side of the story. And what I find is what person A said is not It doesn't jive with what person B says. And so I've learned to not jump to conclusions. Now, what does that have to do, seeking more to understand than to be understood and not jumping to conclusions? What does that have to do in a relationship when I'm with a Christian brother or sister and we're at odds with each other? How about this? Rather than trying to persuade the other person how you are right, why not just be quiet and listen? Listen quietly to what they have to say. Have you ever walked away from a conversation and you thought to yourself, they didn't hear a word I said? Don't you be that person. Don't be that person. How? Well, listen and seek more to understand than to be understood. And when you and I seek more to understand than to be understood, sometimes, not always, but sometimes they're the bonus that the other person will throw in. And when we have listened and we have done our best to understand, then the other person may then decide they want to be willing to listen. We have been the big person, we have started to do what we need to do we have sought more to understand than to be understood and when they've seen our behavior, then they are willing to then be quiet and listen to us. Even if they don't listen, or even if they don't give us the opportunity to share our side, then you and I know what we need to do anyway, whether we feel like it or not, you and I need to behave as God would want us to behave. How can I show God's great grace to Christian brothers and sisters? Number 4. Sometimes it is best to simply overlook an insult. Sometimes it is best to simply overlook an insult. Proverbs 12:16 Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent, the thoughtful person, the wise person, but the prudent, they overlook an insult. Two thoughts on overlooking an insult. Letter A, overlooking an insult is not for the faint of heart. Overlooking an insult is not for the faint of heart. If you overlook an insult and somebody else knows you overlooked an insult and they come and say to you, I can't believe you're doing that. Are you some kind of wimp? Are you some kind of wuss? If somebody had done that to me, you know what I would have done to them. And if we are faint of heart, if we are timid, how are we gonna withstand that? Overlooking an insult doesn't mean you're weak. Actually, overlooking an insult means you're strong and that you're able to withstand other people who just don't have God's view in mind. If you have revenge in mind, you can't overlook an insult. If you want to teach someone a lesson, you're so faint of heart that you want to teach them a lesson and you can't overlook, you can't overlook an insult. then. Overlooking an insult is not for the faint of heart. B, if you overlook an insult, you can't keep score. (laughs) If you overlook an insult, you can't keep score. Like Elsa's repeated line from the song in the Disney music Frozen, let it go. Let it go. First Corinthians thirteen five. love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Whoa. Whoa. You don't know what they did to me. No, I don't. Love keeps no record of wrongs. I'm not making this up, this is not me. This is God giving the apostle Paul the words so that you and I in 2023 will read them. Is it easy to let go of the anger, the right to punish? the impulse to smack somebody or to make the other person feel bad. It is not easy, but it is what God expects us to do, to let it go and keep no record of wrongs. I have not arrived. I am on a journey. I am on a journey of God's grace. I am on a journey of God's great grace. And I want his great grace and forgiveness to continue to change me. And I want that great grace of God to live in me and through me so that through me and his great grace through me, he can make a difference in the lives of other people that he touches through me. To Christian brothers and sisters in the church. Where might God be thinking that you need to change? You can look at your handout and decide, as we've gone through these, God's Spirit has spoken to some of you and tapped you on the shoulder and goes, I want you to pay attention here. And so you know, as a reminder, do I need to admit I'm not perfect? Sorry, Rick, I didn't mean to look at you when I said that. It just just happened, okay? Do I need to know that I actually can forgive other people? Do I need to remember that the goal is restoring a relationship? Is there an insult that I need to overlook? The apostle Peter wrote this in 1 Peter 4, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over. A multitude of sins. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Would you bow your head, please? Where God's Spirit not me, where God's Spirit has convicted you that you need to change, that He wants you to submit to Him and let Him begin to massage this area of your life to make it conform more to the image of Jesus, where, where God's Spirit has communicated to you where you need to change. If you are willing, then tell God you've got the message. And you give him permission to reshape your heart, to alter your behavior, to forgive, Christian brother or sister. To not think too highly of yourself. And to forgive an insult. If God's Spirit has spoken to you this morning and convicted you of your need to give your life to Jesus and to experience for yourself, not just hearing about it or being in church, not just hearing about it or watching this service online. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do that and experience his grace and forgiveness, then in a moment when we sing, I will be standing at the front and there are others here that will be waiting for, if you come down and you can talk with actually a number of us and you can be forgiven today. If you have strayed and want to rededicate your life, you can do that. These conversations can definitely be done very privately. If you have questions, we can answer them. If you want someone to pray with you, that can happen. If you're at home watching online, then get in touch with us through the information that you see on the screen. Our Father in heaven, we love your grace to us. But Father, sometimes we don't like extending your great grace to Christian brothers and sisters because they've been stupid, they've behaved badly, they've done something wrong, they got us sucked into their life in a bad way. And yet we know from your word how you expect us to behave in extending your grace to our Christian family. Father, may we just not experience and feel something. May we act on what your spirit has prompted in our heart. And may we respond to you and your leading. I pray in Jesus' name.